0: This podcast is intended for advisors and staff at cooperators. The views and opinions expressed are those of the subjects and do not necessarily reflect the official position of cooperators.
1: You know, when we talk about shared space, sharing staffing, sharing resources, it's so much more than that. I'll tell you what our biggest benefit of this is. Our biggest benefit is balance in our lives.
0: Justin James and Ryan Hoikas are A1s in Oakville, Ontario. For not quite a year, they've been sharing an office and its staff. To be transparent, their relationship goes far beyond that and is, in fact, a legal partnership. We're not advocating that because it's very complicated. However, we do want to explore how life-changing sharing resources has been for them. So tell me where you were at in terms of your individual agencies before you started down this path. Uh, What was your mindset? What was the situation? Ryan, uh, we'll start with you.
1: Quite frankly, we were trying to be everything to everybody but never really being anything special. We were juggling, wearing every hat. Now compound that with trying to grow a critical line of business with limited bandwidth and resources. It's hard to do. Uh, So we asked ourselves, "What's our long-term strategic vision?" We looked at really where our passions lie and our skill sets. We had uh, a lease that was expiring, you know, some other things that just really, really fell into place. And
2: the the reality, Ryan, not to cut you off, but at this same time that we did this, I was I was looking for change. Like I. I know a lot of advisors experience this, but my mental health wasn't great. This was during COVID. You know, I've always been a top performer, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled in what we were doing. I was feeling very overwhelmed. Our targets continue to increase. And I'd actually started to look for other opportunities. I had actually had conversations with an agent back in Alberta, and I was going to go be an associate. But through the, uh, the ideology behind working with another advisor to specialize in what I wanted to specialize in and increase my capacity through that, um, these conversations that I was having with Ryan said, well, we can do this here. We can do this together. Yeah, we won't cut our targets in half. Yeah, you won't only be able to focus on commercial, but you'll be able to really increase your capacity by us coming together. And so those conversations are kind of what sparked That And it was entirely around capacity, mental health, what we could do with our business to allow us to bring back the passion and stop thinking only about how hard this is every day and how overwhelmed we are and and spinning our tires and having to do that. So it was really important to create an environment that allowed us to continue to be successful for the next 10 years and continue to survive and not burn out.
1: 100%. Exactly. We allow ourselves to really have our mental health take a beating because we really never prioritize ourselves first. It's always the business, right? And when we are wearing those multiple hats, it is such a challenge to perform at a high level in all of those critical lines, right? And and so that's where we really came came together and said, okay, how do we continue to operate at a high level by take this and divide and conquer?
0: And Justin, how did you connect with Ryan and uh, how did you end up working with him in this new arrangement?
2: Ryan and I had the pleasure of kind of getting to know each other through uh, various interactions at uh, corporate events. Um, We shared a lot of, uh, you know, a similar network, similar friends within the organization. So we had the opportunity to spend some time together when we were at Congress. And then when Ryan graced us with his presence in, in Metro West District, you know, we had a few meetings to talk about what I was doing well, what he was doing well in Niagara. And, and through those conversations, we kind of came to say, well, we're both pretty good at at everything, but, you know, this is what Ryan likes. This is what I like. Why don't we do something together and build something really special? Um, something that the corporation can can look at as an example and, and as a model agency and kind of, you know, we just want to be the best. We want to be the absolute best in the country. We want to build the, the the craziest business co-op has ever seen. And uh, and then we want people to knock on our door and say, how'd you do it? We approached the district and they were supportive. So here we are.
0: So tell me about your shared space and your staff. How is that all organized? Uh, Justin? Justin? We uh, when we came together,
2: part of that was um, was finding a new space where we could build out the dream office, right? We spent a lot of money here. We have about 3,000 square feet. We built uh, an agency that when you walk in the doors, you feel like you're in a private wealth company. you feel like you're in an environment where, Um, I want to do business here. We built a gym in the back, we have full bathrooms. We wanted to create an environment where our staff wanted to come back to work. That was our primary objective. We wanted people to be happy here, right? Having that flexibility. Uh, We're sitting at 10 staff, currently, plus Ryan and myself, none of our staff really uh, feel like they work for two people. This is They work for one company. They work towards one goal. They don't have to worry about, well, whose business is this going to? Whose business is this going through? We've really streamlined that. We have admin roles. We have sales roles. And those of the staff that are in sales roles, we've uh, we've dumbed it down even further to create specialties. So when we have a commercial rep uh, that deals primarily in real estate, then they're going to manage that type of business as it comes in the door. Uh, they're the primary point of contact and they're building a business within a business. Our staff are compensated based on their portfolios, the business that they manage and the growth of that portfolio in itself versus um, simply providing uh, salaries or, or trying to over-convolute or over-complicate um, compensation, we've really, we've really given that pride of ownership to each of those staff so that they have the opportunity to be successful.
1: You know, we have set this up in a way where we have two directors, for lack of a better term, um, that report directly to us. We have Andrew, who spearheads our financial services side of our business. Um, and we have Daniel, who is our PNC director, who uh, reports to Justin. It's really, really important in freeing up our capacity, our bandwidth, all of that. So with us, we make decisions. We make the decisions that matter. We make the decisions that matter today. Having those guys that are, are spearheading that, those initiatives that are really going to drive revenue or provide a more client-centric approach, that allows us to stay laser focused on our clear path forward, right? We do what we love, we, we focus on our strategic relationships and partnerships that are out in the field with different clients, different centers of influence, etc. but we also, part of our roles have now become mentoring our future leaders within the firm, and I think so far so good. I think everything's going uh, the, in the exact direction that we were planning
0: on. Certainly sounds like things are off to a good start. Um, clearly, before embarking on an arrangement like this, you've got to have a really clear understanding of of what's what. Uh, it's it's like a prenuptial agreement in some respects. Tell me a little bit about that, Justin.
2: There's a scale to this, right? We're on one end of the scale as to how far you go with with that partnership kind of idea. Uh, There's a much lower level to it, I guess we could say, and and everything in between. Sarah Walker, I think, is kind of uh, spearheading the idea and the structure behind how to have agencies share staff, how do you structure that, um, and what does it look like? What are those expectations, and who picks who, and how do you do these sort of things? So it is absolutely imperative that no matter what level of partnership you're going to enter into, there is an agreement that stipulates what the expectations of each of the partners are uh, and what that looks like from a trickle down effect to the staff. You have to structure it in a way that the staff doesn't feel like they're being pulled in two directions, right? You have to simplify that so that they write their business, they go about their daily lives, and they don't have to deal with any of that uh, bureaucracy or red tape behind the scenes as to how this works. So it's very important to have those, those expectations in writing. It's very important to pick the person that you're doing this with. There's a huge trust factor and everything has to start with trust. You can't just throw two people in a room and expect them to get along. You can't you know expect two personalities just to mesh and then two different management styles and two different sets of expectations for the staff. All of these things have to be outlined. And then more importantly, uh, to go a little bit deeper, what happens when those people don't agree? Right? This agreement that, that goes into place uh, has to stipulate, okay, well, what is the alternative route of resolution when we don't agree on something without having to impact that staff through that process, right? Um, and is that a mediary from corporate? Is it your DM? Is it, um, is it pre-written that says, you know what? If we don't agree on something, this is the course. This is where we go, right? Um, so all of those things have to be outlined. And I think it'll look a little different for everybody. There'll be a little bit of a template that corporate has designed through these conversations but I think that it will be customizable and it will need to be based on the personalities and the objectives of each of those partnerships.
0: And Ryan, it sounds like this sharing of resources and and sharing of a, an office has really given you an opportunity to up your game.
1: Yeah. The, the business has changed, right? We want to be the ones that are innovating We want to be the ones that are really forecasting the changes that are coming. Now, yeah, we use the term directors. Yeah, we use the term firm, all of that. Those are internal words that we use, right? Um, But at the same time, that's how we need to approach this. We're taking our business where it at one time was that home and auto, and that's what we were really good at. That's what we were really known for, which is fantastic. Our brand has been around for many, many, many years, and we have a great brand. However, we're taking it, into, okay, what's the Ryan and Justin brand and how do we put that onto the world, right? We have a, a serious org chart, really, that's no secret that our people are what underpins our success, right? So we start there and
2: then everything else falls into place. We built it out, we built out a business plan for 10 years, right? We signed a 10 year lease. Um, Ryan, it, it, he came from an education background that is, is very focused around finance and business, and business strategy and business structure. So the first thing that he brought to the table was, okay, what is this gonna look like for 10 years? You know, What are our goals? What, are, what do we actually want to accomplish? And then we started with the org chart, as he said, it starts with the people. How do we create a business out of people? How do we create succession? How do we create opportunity for those staff to grow? Because people are very motivated nowadays by things beyond simply money. So you have to be able to allow the staff to have a say in where they are today, where they're going and what that looks like. And you have to be able to show them confidently Right? It's not, a oh, just trust us. I'll take care of you later. When we do this, we'll take care of you. Right, You can't build a business on that. When we go in the boardroom in the morning, because we have those staff and they're managing that aspect, what do Ryan and I do? Uh, I mean, we manage relationships. Yes, we're the sales guys. We bring in all the, all the business, a majority of the business. But we spend half to three quarters of our day in the boardroom building business strategy. Right, And that is what it comes down to. Because when you build that, if you build it, they will come. And the, the is the clients and the staff, they see it, they see it, they experience it when they come in the door. And that is that is how we've we've built our business and using these terms with each other, it creates, it creates more um, power, it creates more directive, it creates more of, of an experience within the business and and that is the key it has to be looked at as a business to the smaller agencies they don't have that opportunity yet but they have to build it into a business stop looking at yourself like you're a manager stop looking at yourself like you're the only sales rep in the office it might be the case you have to start somewhere but you have to look at your strategy and where do you want to go and start putting that process in place, because if you don't, you'll never get there. It's like living paycheck to paycheck every Friday. Well, every Monday, I'm looking for my life leads. Every Monday, I'm looking for my wealth leads. Every Friday, I'm doing this. You have to look at, well, what about next month? What about next year? What about five years from now? And you have to start implementing those small things to get there. Otherwise, you'll just... Every Monday you'll come in and you'll make your cold calls and every Friday you'll, you'll, uh, you know, close out all your paperwork and your, your leads, whatever it is. Right. So you, you have to change it. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you don't look to the future, it will never change.
0: There's been so much pressure on advisors in recent years to, to do more planning, to be more strategic. And it's really interesting how this sharing arrangement has allowed you guys to take that to a whole new level. Ryan, What's been the biggest challenge so far?
1: Um, So the biggest challenge for us, I think, was really letting go, trusting the other to drive the critical components within the business that they're responsible for. We're both alphas, A-type personalities, big personalities. And to ask guys like us to blindly trust somebody else that's a challenge.
2: The trust is so key. So again, to, to re, not to repeat ourselves, but anybody listening to this, anybody considering sharing resources, staff, or partnering to any degree, it has to start with trust. Don't just pick anybody. You know, you have to know them, get to know them, know how they work, work together, and, and build on that. If you don't start with trust, it won't work.
0: And maybe less obvious is the, the benefit of having another advisor right next door. So if you have something that comes up that you really need a, a second opinion on, you've got somebody right there. Justin?
2: I would say in all aspects of what we do every day, there's an advantage to having somebody that has an alternative perspective, but somebody that you trust and respect enough to want to ask them their opinion. When Ryan gives his opinion, it's it's without bias, right? He's going to look at it from a different perspective and he's going to say, either you're an idiot, you shouldn't think of it this way, how about you think about it this way? We make very few decisions or even approach very few meetings without each other now. We are trying to create a, a, a private banking experience where we sit at the table with our clients with a team of four people and each of them do something different. So knowing that that person is there, the the trust that I have in their opinion and the trust he has in mine, it absolutely is a huge advantage, right? I mean, two heads is always better than one. Uh, I don't care. You know, some days I might think I know everything. Ryan might think he knows everything. But the reality is we don't. And and it's nice to be told once in a while you're, you're thinking too small or you're thinking too big. Um, let's dumb this down and what do you want to accomplish and let's do it.
0: And as Ryan mentioned earlier, you're both... Two alpha males with very strong personalities. What do you do when you have a disagreement?
2: Disagreement really is a strong word. Um, Do we have challenges and do we have conversations? Do we have opportunities is is the word that we want to use. So when we don't uh, necessarily look like we're on the same page, we look at that as an opportunity. Well, I need to, to show Ryan why I'm thinking this way and he'll show me why I shouldn't think this way or what his perspective is. So I, I don't want to use the word disagreement. There's there's always those conversations that happen. Um, there's been nothing that we really disagree on, uh, right? I, I, I don't know. Ryan, can you speak maybe more to it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it, we, we approach this a, a bit of an idea meritocracy, right? Where we might have totally opposite opinions or perspectives on something, but it does come back to that res- respect and trust that we have within each other. To understand why does the other person feel that way, then we kind of look at things and say, okay, let's try to implement this, maybe not so much this. What's the reason for the other person thinking that way,
2: right? I think a di- disagreement comes from mindset, right? If you, if you enter a situation negatively, then you create a confrontation and that's when real disagreements happen. If you enter any conversation with an open mind, you don't disagree. You're, you're, you're simply um, leaving the door open to understand why maybe you're wrong, why maybe you're right, and vice versa. So you eliminate the disagreement altogether by, by open dialogue and an open mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I'm sure this has piqued the interest of a lot of advisors out there. So um, I wonder if you can give me a little bit of a synopsis or your elevator pitch on why this is a good idea.
2: Was this one of the pre-sent questions? It was not. It was not. (laughs) This is going to be the hardest one. I hate elevator pitches. I like to see Justin think on his toes. This will be a good one. Let's go. Um, In a world of change, in an organization uh, focused on change and development, two heads are better than one at the end of the day um why go it alone you don't need to right you always lean on the organization for support you know they're they're providing these resources and 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 help but um having that partner that trust that relationship where you guys can grow together and and celebrate successes together and experience tough times and failures together doing it with somebody is always always easier than doing it alone and that would be the uh the elevator pitch, at the end of the day, don't go the road alone. You don't have to. And and there's nothing but positivity that comes out of it, um, doing it with somebody that, that you care about and that you trust and, and you wanna grow with, so. This approach isn't for everyone. It shouldn't be entered into
1: lightly. It requires an enormous amount of self-reflection, innovation, and the most critical part of this whole thing is really finding the right person to do it with. You know, when we talk about shared space, sharing staffing, sharing resources, It's so much more than that. I'll tell you what our biggest benefit of this is. Our biggest benefit is balance in our lives. This arrangement has also kind of enlightened us through that balance onto what true success really looks like. We no longer look at production as defining success. It's almost dangerous and toxic to do so. While these are good demarcations of success and progress, these metrics, are not the absolute. So when we came together, doing what we like to do, working in more of a engaging environment, all of that and having true happiness, production became a byproduct of all of that. It was quite refreshing. It, it required us to do a lot as well, right? It required us to really recommit to the organization, to our roles as, as advisors, really recommit to each other, our teams, etc. And that, you know, as Justin, Justin began with, where this kind of all came from, that was a big task at, at the beginning, right? So now we're sitting here, I don't even know how long in, nine months, 10 months in, looking at this and saying, holy smokes, why didn't we do this sooner? I'll get a little personal. I made some tremendous sacrifices in my personal life to really achieve success. Um, It was just easier for me to immerse myself within the business where I was being everything to everybody than deal with the problems that were being created outside of my four walls of the office. So yeah, I had achieved success, but I really wasn't happy, right? Coming together has really allowed for me to really truly enjoy what I do again. And it's allowed for us to really prioritize our mental health. And with that, look at us, we're having fun with what we're doing again and, and, uh, we look forward to uh, nine and a half years. That's what we have left in our strategic uh, roadmap. So we'll see what we, w- where we go from there.
0: You've been listening to Advisor Network Podcast number 33 with Justin James and Ryan Hoykas. If you have any questions about sharing resources, you can reach out to your SM, Sarah Walker, or Justin and Ryan. A reminder... If you subscribe to this podcast on your phone, new episodes will automatically download so you can listen at a time convenient to you. We'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast, or if you have story ideas or like to give us the name of an advisor you'd like to hear from, or even if you just need help to subscribe, send me an email at brad underscore scott at cooperators